Hello and welcome to Gut Heroes. I'm your host Tommy Orm and in today's episode I wanted to talk about some golden rules that I would suggest following if you're thinking of using diet to manage your health condition. So maybe you have an autoimmune disease like I do or maybe you are feeling fatigued or you have some other health issues. These are the things I found most helpful in my own journey and I wanted to share them with you today so that you don't hit the same pitfalls and stumbling blocks that I did when I was starting out. And really this is about just accelerating your success because if you follow these and you know if you really stick to it and you maintain that willpower I feel really really confident that you can get some amazing results. So let's get started with the first one and that is when you're starting with diet the key is to start small. So start really minimal, start with some basic safe foods that from your understanding, whether it's through your own research, reading papers, combined with going on forums and groups or speaking to your doctor or functional doctor, whoever it is, have a list of safe foods that are generally agreed to be things that are going to be less likely to trigger your issue. Have a list of those and just stick to them. So you're just going to stick to them for at least a few months and try and get to pain free. So I'll give you an example. I have ankylosing spondylitis and all the information I came across suggested that to see if diet could work for me, I needed to try and avoid starch and I needed to try and avoid dairy. And then a bit more digging as well. I also came across studies suggesting that I should avoid seed oil. I should avoid any kind of ultra processed foods and there were and sugar and there were a whole host of other things. So Rather than make it a whole big, fairly miserable list of things that I couldn't eat, it made much more sense to make a list of things that I could eat. Things that were generally agreed that didn't seem to trigger people who were trying the same diet. So in this case, that tended to be things like animal products, so beef or chicken or lamb or fish, that kind of thing. It also seemed to be things like leafy salads and certain non-starchy vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower, as long as it's not starchy. And also most people seem to agree that berries were pretty safe in moderation. But other than that, there was a bit of a question mark. So there were certain other foods that some people seemed to tolerate well, but some people had a good reaction. Some people had a bad reaction. Some people worked well with it a few years into the diet. And so really you don't want to have that kind of minefield to navigate. If you're starting with a really quite minimal list, there are less things to go wrong and it's easier to identify what's working and what isn't. If you're starting with, say, 50 different foods or 50 different ingredients, then it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. How are you going to know what's working and what isn't? So start with what are generally perceived to be the, the safest bet for, for your particular condition. I would suggest doing that for several weeks, certainly a few months. And then what you want to do is try to get to pain free or try to get to the outcome that you're desiring. So you know, maybe you don't have an autoimmune disease and maybe you're looking for increased energy levels. So in that case, it might be feeling more energized. The key is to keep it simple, start minimal. I literally know people who were following the ankylosing spondylitis diet, for example, who just had chicken and, bro and broccoli for months. They literally just had those two things. That was the level of willpower they had. Obviously, they weren't pregnant or anything like that. They were checking that it was safe to do so. And, you know, if you have a particular condition or blood sugar issues or anything like that, then check with your doctor or nutritionist, make sure whatever you do is safe. But in my case, the most profound results 
we're really by sticking to it and it's going to be hard you're going to think oh what about all these things i miss and i love if it means that you're going to have the fastest outcome and you're going to have the least pain then it is absolutely worth it i promise you it's the most frustrating thing when you know that things are having some sort of impact but there are so many things that you're trying that you don't quite know which is which or which element you can withdraw or which you can add back in and once again you're you know you're you're that looking for that needle in a haystack so do the hard work at the start it's going to save you a huge amount of time and you probably will get hunger pangs as your body's changing you'll get you know your 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 gut and your body is having to process different foods in my case for example it was processing fat instead of carbohydrates and to begin with i had some sort of confusing mood swings and I had like crazy hunger pangs and I lost some weight really quickly at the beginning but it all leveled out it was just my body going whoa that's that's all really strange what's going on there but very quickly things went back to normal I say very quickly (laughs) I think after after about I'll do a separate post on this but I think after about six months to a year I was getting unbelievable benefits I was getting some benefits after a few days and I was getting some really noticeable benefits after a month But that kind of several months in, it was life changing. It was like, oh, my goodness, I am never going to need medication to manage this condition, which, you know, if you've heard of this autoimmune disease or if you have it, have it. That's just something which will change your life forever. So that was the first point. Start with safe foods, start minimal, get to that pain free level. The second rule is stick to one method. And I'm specifically highlighting this because I often come across people and and this includes close friends who they're struggling with a health issue and I'll I'll use the example of another autoimmune condition actually there was a friend who's really struggling with uh, bloating and other issues and they quickly discovered that they were struggling with candida overgrowth now there's a lot of information about this there are a lot of books written on this there are huge Facebook groups and forums where you can read information and there are dozens of websites which are all talking in good faith about what they believe will help you to to fix it but the problem is there's so much information that it can be completely overwhelming and in the case of the the friend i was talking to they were you know starting a diet and they were cutting out a bunch of stuff and they had a list of what they thought was safe and then the next week they would read a different blog or they'd see a different post on social media and they would go oh no i, I need to do this instead And so then they throw in um, a different food or a different ingredient or they'd give up alcohol or they'd reintroduce it. And so they weren't sticking to one method. And that meant it was incredibly hard to know what was working and what wasn't. And they were definitely getting some good results. I think they said they were getting a 70% decrease at one point, which is amazing. But then they were getting relapses. And the problem is if you are trying four or five different methods all at once and you're seeing one blog that where someone's written about what worked for them and then you're mixing that information with what's worked for someone else on social media it's going to get really really difficult and the reason this happens it's not because anyone's wrong or bad or you know they're giving false information the reason is we're all different we have different biologies and your microbiome and even your genetic makeup is going to look different for the person who wrote that really helpful blog post or the person sharing information on social media so what works for them might work differently for you and you know that's part of the discovery but whatever you do try to stay consistent so you know going back to point one have the smallest set of safe foods at the start to have a healthy diet and then just stick with it you can add things in later 
but to begin with have a nice minimal set of, of foods that are healthy and that are going to keep you nourished and just stick to it and try not to let all the noise and information overwhelm you and so that leads us on to our third rule and it connects really with with the last two which is to record absolutely everything and I'm a massive, massive fan of this. This is just, this has had such a profound effect on me. And it's, it's one of the reasons actually I've had the confidence to produce the Gut Heroes website and to start this podcast is because I have been so meticulous about everything I've recorded. So I have real confidence when I'm telling you about things that have worked for me and even things like these rules we're talking about now, that I'm not just looking at the world through rose-tinted glasses or saying it on a whim or I've had a sort of cognitive bias or anything like that. These are things that I've tried and things that have worked for me, certainly, and hopefully, you know, might work for some of you. And I know this because I've kept really strict records every single day. And that has enabled me to look back, to look back at these records and go, okay, on this date, I was feeling this amount of pain in my sacroiliac joint, for example, on my left side. What was I doing the day before or on that day? And then I can look at what I had for lunch or I can look at what I had for dinner. I could look at how much exercise I did. I could look at all of these different variables, which I found helpful to record on my spreadsheet. And then it just helps build this amazing picture. And sometimes you're going to get it wrong. You know, sometimes you'll, you might make a correlation between something you weight and how you felt afterwards and it might not be right but over time you're going to get a much clearer picture and that's going to error correct you know the the anomalies will start to become clearer and, and sort of fade out and the really consistent threads the foods that are making you feel great the foods that are not making you feel great they're going to start to become clear and I'm still discovering things now I'm nearly three years into my to my diet and my lifestyle changes and I'm adding new categories all the time. And it's it's amazing just getting all these incremental improvements and learning more about what's working and what isn't. So I really, really recommend doing that. And I'm going to do a proper deep dive into how I do it specifically for me. It might be different for you, what works for you, but I will share with you the spreadsheets I use. They're completely free. And then you can adapt them to something that works for you. Or you can, you know, try a different method. I know people who use apps that you can get from, from Apple or on the uh, Google Play Store. And some of these apps let you record what you're doing during the day, all of that kind of thing. I personally don't love these just because if, if the app company goes down, then, you know, I've lost all that information. And also some of them are quite expensive. They often charge a monthly fee, that kind of thing. If I have a spreadsheet, I can completely customize what I have as my metrics and what I'm recording and what I'm not recording. And I can do it from my phone. I can do it from my computer. I can do it offline, online, and it, it's just really great. It updates across all devices. So I'll do more information on that because I think it's absolutely so important. Okay, so that's recording and taking notes. The best possible way of figuring out what works and what doesn't. And our next rule is really, really simple and easy to remember, uh, maybe harder to, to do, and that is to not to cheat. So many times when I see people in forums or on social media who are following diets to manage their condition, they, they put a post saying, oh, I'm feeling terrible, you know, I'm doing the diet and it's not working and this, that and the other. And people then say, oh, okay, so what have you been eating? And I would say like eight times out of 10, they will list something which, you know, is a trigger food, is a problem food for whatever condition they have. 
and then people will flag it up and then more often than not they go well I had to have a I had to have a break I had to have a cheat day I can't completely cut out everything and there'll be all these reasons and excuses and I totally get it it's really hard giving up giving up foods that you're used to giving up foods that are convenient all that kind of thing but the way I see it and it's a bit like this with the starting minimal, starting small, is that if you want to get to pain-free or if you want to get to your health outcome, you've got to stay really, really strict. You, you've just got to stick with the program because as soon as you start cheating and introducing things that could be a trigger, then you're going to be off program and you're not going to know what's working and what isn't. And you're going to, in some cases, go back to square one. So as tempting as it is, if you're in this kind of elimination phase, you're, you know, the early stages of, of using diet and you get to the weekend for example and someone says oh should we go for a drink or go for a meal and you just think oh I'm tired from work I you know I need this treat you just stay strong and make sure you know don't this isn't about having a horrible time and restricting yourself this is about getting to a place where you're going to feel better than you ever have done potentially in, in your life I mean that's that's where I'm at so flip the narrative and think this is going to get me to be the person I really want to be. The person whose mood is improved, who doesn't have pain, who feels great, who has energy. You know, I, I can, in my case, I was, you know, giving up starch. I, I can live without having a pizza or some pasta if it means I'm not walking around limping, wondering how much longer I can live with this. For me, that was quite an easy motivator. But I, I totally understand that people will be on different levels of disease progression. They'll have different ailments. They'll have different health issues. And, you know, if it's a niggling pain or it's maybe something um, like fatigue or something like that, it might it might be even more tempting just to go, oh, you know, I'm just going to take a break from the diet and I'm just going to give myself a little treat. That is going to really, really hold you back. So don't cheat. Be strict. It's being really kind to yourself by doing that. And it's just going to give you a shortcut once again to the best possible outcome. And then the next thing is to test one thing at a time. So I talked a bit earlier about how you want to start small and you want you want to have a small basis of, of safe foods. And ideally you want to get to pain free or to whatever outcome that you want to have for as long as it takes to get to that. So you want, you know, maybe maybe it takes four months or five months to get to that point. When you get to that point, brilliant that's absolutely amazing when you get here you can start to look at potentially introducing other foods which maybe were ones that most people thought were safe or, or okay with with your particular autoimmune disease or ailment but there was a bit of a question mark as to whether it would be something you do during an elimination diet or, or when you're starting out in the diet this is the time to reintroduce those things but do it once at a time don't get to pain free and say okay, I'm going to now have these five or six ingredients that were kind of had question marks next to them. Because as soon as you do that, you're going to get straight back to that needle in a haystack moment and you're not going to know what's causing what. And it's going to be so frustrating and it's just going to set you back once again. The best thing to do, and we'll all have different sort of timescales on this, but the best thing to do is do one thing at a time. And what I do is I give it, ideally, if it's a food stuff, between one and two weeks. So for example, let's say there was a, you know, a vegetable that was something that should be fine, but you weren't sure about, and you wanted to reintroduce that as soon as you were pain free. Brilliant. Reintroduce that into a few meals over the course of a week or two weeks. See how you get on. 
if you notice no negative impacts or if you, if you feel good as a result, great. That's back into your roster. That's another food you can eat. And then just repeat the process with each food. And you'll quickly find before long, you've got this amazing list of, of foods that you can eat and that you can thrive with. And you're not scratching your head wondering what impacts what. So it's a really, really helpful thing to do because it just keeps you focused and understanding what in particular works for you specifically. Not anyone else, what works with your body and your biology. And this is a really important rule actually when it comes to testing things like supplements or other environmental factors, for example. So if you're testing a supplement, make sure you're doing that on its own. Don't test four or five supplements at once. You know, when I started out, that was something I did a lot. I was I was kind of shortlisting all of these weird and wonderful things that I was finding on forums and obscure research papers. And I was going, oh, there's a chance that could work for my ankylosing spondylitis. Great, I'm going to buy that. And, you know, Amazon was sending all of these packages of strange powders and lotions and pills and all this kind of stuff. And I was taking them all at once and I've got no idea, I had no idea which one was working and which one wasn't. And it was only when I got really strict and said, right, stop everything, try one thing at a time, take notes for two weeks. And again, two weeks is what I personally do. That seems to work for me. And if after those two weeks, I've made notes every day, uh, talked about how I felt with my symptoms, energy levels, sleep, all of those things. And if at the end of that, I think I, I felt better, great, that stays in the list and, and something I'll continue to take. If I feel worse, I'll get rid of it. And if it's unclear, if I'm not sure, then I'll just look at the, the science and the research. So, you know, there are some vitamins, for example, that are sort of widely acknowledged to be quite healthy. I'll talk about these in future episodes, but there's some decent evidence that over time they're good for most people. And if on balance, I think that is something that's going to be good to do, even if I'm not feeling that immediate impact, then maybe I'll keep that in the roster. But again, you can take it one case at a time. So that's a really, really important one. Reintroduce one thing at a time, whether it's a food or a supplement or a medication or even something as simple as exercise. You know, I like to try exercises one at a time so I can just see specifically what is that doing? How is it improving my health outcome? And then that kind of leads us neatly round to the last one, which is almost one which breaks the rules of everything else. And that is to challenge everything. So you're going to see all of this information on, on blogs and on websites and on re even research papers and certainly on forums saying that this works for me and this will work for you. And in a lot of cases, that's going to be absolutely bang on. In some cases, it's not going to apply to you you might have a different biology to that particular person or you might have a, a gene variant or some environmental trigger which means that even though you have broadly the same set of symptoms or the same condition that making this change to your life or taking this supplement or this food or whatever it is just won't have the same impact or it might make you worse or it might make you have a different outcome so just bear that in mind and bear that in mind with yourself as well because we are not static our bodies change over time and what we're dealing with here especially when it comes to food is we're dealing with our gut and we're dealing with our microbiome and we're dealing with our immune system so all of these things are interacting in an incredible way and the chances are if you're listening to this and you know especially if you're someone that's dealing with autoimmune disease what has probably happened is 
you've got problems with your the health of your gut you know maybe the, the lining's damaged and then you've got a, a dysbiosis or an issue with the microbial population in there and this is causing your immune system to really react and you know whether that's causing skin problems back problems fatigue any kind of other pain the key here is restoring balance and finding what works and at the beginning of your journey that's going to mean a lot of what I talked about today. It's, you know, starting small, starting with safe foods that are not going to irritate your gut, that are not going to feed microbes that, that could cause your gut problem and make your immune system overreact. And it's just taking those baby steps. It's just being really careful. It's treading on eggshells just for that initial part of your journey. But when you build up strength, you know, when you get to pain-free, when you get to the health outcome you want, when you are really thriving and your body is stronger and your immune system is more regulated and your gut is healthier, then it's going to be more resilient. And then you're going to be able to potentially reintroduce new things, things that even might not have been at all possible on your diet. So for example, on, on the diet I'm doing to manage my ankylosing spondylitis, I don't have any starch at all. I'm sure I get tiny trace elements, but I do my absolute best to avoid it. And that's just specific to the diet I'm following for my condition. But I know people who have followed the diet I'm doing for several years, and they've found maybe six years, seven years down the line, that they're actually able to reintroduce it because they've healed their gut, they've healed their, their body, and their immune system is, is now regulated to such a point where they can tolerate it in small amounts or even, you know, relatively frequent, frequently. So all of these things might sound strict or constricting, but they're just temporary. They're just part of the process of rehabilitating your body, of finding what works and what doesn't, of getting rid of the things that are really overtly bad. And there's going to be a lot of things there that, that probably no human should be eating, you know, things like ultra-processed food, which uh, is going to be something I'm going to be talking a lot about in this podcast because I think it's really is the source of so many of our woes. It's stripping those things out of your life, getting yourself to a really good, strong baseline, and then re reintroducing more things. But also just being aware over time you will change and that's okay. And if you have a relapse or if something goes wrong or you make a mistake or even if you do cheat, don't beat yourself up. Look at your notes, look at your records, what has worked in the past, what hasn't. Know that you have the tools to really work out what works best for you. And it becomes second nature. It's something that doesn't have to be stressful. I actually quite enjoy the whole process because, you know, making little changes that, that give you more energy or focus or you know the biggest motivator getting rid of pain is just incredible so if I can make these little changes and I'm going to feel the best version of myself possible then I think that's just almost like a form of magic so I really really hope for the same for you and I hope these rules help to give you some structure and just to recap it's start small start minimal start with your safe foods so smaller is better we don't need to have a thousand ingredients to choose from Stick with the ones that are widely acknowledged not to trigger problems. Stay with the one method. Don't get overwhelmed by things you read online. Take notes and record everything so that you know what's working and what doesn't. Don't cheat. No matter how much it's tempting, stick to the program because that's going to mean you're going to get to the best outcome in the fastest possible time. If you do mess up, don't beat yourself up. You can't change it. Just get back on the horse and try again. And then test one thing at a time. So once you got to pain-free, once you got to the health outcome you want, reintroduce that food one at a time. Take notes, 
see what happens. If it was good, keep it in. If it was bad, take it out. And that goes the same with supplements and any other health protocol you're trying. And last of all, don't take anything for granted. Feel free to challenge what has worked for someone else and understand that your biology and your body will, will be different. And so there might be little things that really work for you and don't work for others and that your body will change over time. And that hopefully in the future, you will have this amazing list of things that make you feel great and you can reintroduce foods that you might have missed. And it really is just such an exciting journey and I'm thrilled to have, have you here with me. So I hope this helped. These rules have been an absolute guiding force for me and I hope they helped you and I will see you in the next episode.